Welcome to Career Tools. This week, giving too many favours. The questions this cast answers are, how do I balance give and take in business relationships? How do I refuse someone who asked a favour? And how do I know if I'm doing too much for others? Finally, after years of waiting, The Effective Manager in book form is available at Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and your other retail booksellers, as well as signed copies are available on our website, manager-tools.com. If you want to know the basics of how to manage others effectively in book format, including Kindle and ebook format as well, we encourage you to buy, read, and then implement the guidance in The Effective Manager. A while ago, we did a cast about uh, relationship errors and about having favored deficits. So basically, a favored deficit would be if you are doing favors for everybody and they're never doing favors for you, or if you never do favors for anyone else and they're always doing favors for you. And we're going to talk about why that's a bad thing. But when we talk to people about this cast, it's really obvious to them, like, if other people are doing favors and you never pay them back, as it were, it's really obvious why that's a bad thing. But it's less obvious why, oh, well, if I do everybody favours, they're going to like me, right? And they, and it's harder for them to see how that's a bad thing. So that's what we're going to cover in this cast. It's a bad thing for two reasons, right? Because yeah. there's danger both to yourself for your role and also to your relationships, which maybe is the subtle part that doesn't always make sense right away. Exactly. Yeah. So we're going to talk about building favor parity. Then we're going to talk about the two questions to ask to see whether or not you're doing too many favors, which is, are you delivering quality results? And are you doing the work your boss wants you to do? I'm excited. (laughs) You are. Do you want to talk about the uh, favor parity? Sure. I think the reason that this was interesting to me is that it's easy to think about our relationships at work as kind of being natural. But actually, there are natural parts of all of our relationships that really we need to look at in a professional context and and understand whether or not we're doing the right things that will help us to be effective. And so it's important for us to think about our relationships in terms of the favors that we're giving and receiving because relationships are, are built on favors, right? Mm-hmm. And so the person that we have the best professional relationship with at work, that person would probably do a favor for us. Maybe they have. Maybe they have covered for us when we were late to the meeting. Maybe by explaining, oh, yeah, they're over here somewhere. Or maybe they brought us a cup of coffee when we were trapped in another meeting. Something like that. But we don't always think about the person that we, we don't have a great relationship with. So if we think about that person and we compare the two, probably the person that our relationship isn't as positive with, we don't exchange many favors for that person. So maybe they don't do us a lot of favors. Maybe they only come to us when things are wrong or when they need us. And maybe we wouldn't do a favor for them. We wouldn't feel comfortable with that. We say, oh, I'm not really close to that guy. We don't really get along. And relationships really are built on favors, not unethical or anything like that, but just not in a bad way, right? Just Mm -hmm. in a way that is the natural give and take of everyday stuff. You know, hey, I can't get access to this folder. Can you help me? Or can you print me an extra copy of 
the calendar for today. Exactly. I was... Uh... I had a problem with my phone yesterday and I was so stressed out and I went to the AT&T store and the man kept saying, can you give me the street number for the card that I was trying to pay with? And my brain was stressed out, couldn't work out what the hell a street number was. And so I called Maggie and said, please tell this guy the address for our administration office. And I have done enough favors. I have helped Maggie out in enough places that I knew if I called her, she would just tell the guy the address and she wouldn't ask questions and she wouldn't, she wouldn't do anything else. And then later I could thank her and that would be fine. And that's, it's just a result of just like the give and take. There, there is currency in favors. Uh, there is currency in doing things for other people. And I, ha- I knew I had enough built up that she would just help me out. I think too, when we think about favors, we think of them as benefiting one person or the other. But really, it's benefiting the relationship, that give and take, that back mm-hmm. and forth. It's a way to determine whether or not your relationships are equal and whether or not you and that other person trust each other and have a level of positive trust in your relationship, right? That isn't just built on role power or things like that. And we, we don't recommend that bosses ask favors of their directs. We just don't. It Favors are personal. And so there's things like what Wendy just described or things like when Sarah and I are working together, if one of us is really tired from traveling and we can't figure something out because sometimes you get like travel brain or presenter brain and you're just, you know the answer, but your brain is keeping you from it somehow. Mm-hmm. So we'll call the other person and say, hey, can you please help me with this? I know I should know this, but for some reason... I really just can't figure it out right now. And so it's just important to think of our favors as part of our relationship, as part of the give and take of our professional relationships. And what we're focusing on today is that the relationship equation really needs to have a balance. And we're hoping that we can achieve that balance. And when we think about that balance, we often think about the opposite side of this story. We Mm -hmm. think about saying no all the time or we think about people owing us a lot, things like that. We think about those differently. And so if you always say yes to the things that people ask of you or you never ask for anything, you're probably imbalancing your relationships in a way that isn't comfortable for, you know, the people that you work with. If you have a relationship imbalance or a favor imbalance in your relationship, people are uncomfortable with that and they often distance themselves from that. We don't like it when people have more power over us or less power over us. We like balance, right? It's this, it's the natural order of things to seek a balance. And if one person has a lot of power over us, we don't feel comfortable with that if it's not given by the company. Yeah. And then let's just go back to the whole bosses things. They do have power over us. That's why as a boss, you don't want to ask favors from your directs. It's always better to use relationship power than it is to use any other power, but you already have all the power. So when you say, can I have a favor? It's not a favor. It's not a give and take. It's it's like you asking your direct to do something. And so you should be clear about that in your language. I'll give you an example. I have plenty of days when I'm grumpy and having an off day and Mark just says, okay, we'll talk about this another day or whatever. And he lets me off or he doesn't mention the fact that I'm grouchy. And yet yesterday when he's in Australia and I needed to check at 2am that the printing was done, 
I was awake at 2 a.m. And so there is a parity there, but it's not me doing him a favor or him doing me a favor. It's part of the balancing of a relationship between the boss and the direct. So when we're talking about favors, we're nearly always talking about peers or people who are in the organization at around the same level as you. We're definitely not talking about bosses and directs. It's different, right, when there's role power in there. It's a little different. Yeah, exactly. So we should have a spreadsheet, right, of all the favors that we've done for other people. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, wouldn't it? It'd be awesome. Every time you do a favor or someone does a favor for you, you have to make a tick mark. (laughs) Yeah. No, actually, what we're going to suggest is that you look at the relationships you have and just make a mental note of the balance between yourself and other people. Most people, the balance comes pretty naturally because we have a comfort level with things being pretty equal. Mm -hmm. And so most people build that balance naturally. If you don't, if you have a balance that's unequal on either side, it's probably causing that other person to separate themselves from you a little bit. It's probably causing them to distance themselves. And if you want to bring them back, if you want to even that relationship out, you have to either start saying no to some favors or you have to start asking them for favors. And we understand it's not going to be very comfortable. And what we're going to recommend actually is that you have two questions you ask yourself in order to determine whether or not it's okay for you to continue giving this level of favors. And so we're going to, we're going to cover those two questions that you should ask yourself. Okay. And those two questions are, am I delivering quality results and am I doing the work my boss wants me to do? And it's pretty obvious, I think, (laughs) that if you're not delivering quality results because you're doing favors for other people, then you are doing your own self and your own career a disservice. If you're doing favors for other people, you know, if somebody says, hey, can you fix this spreadsheet for me? And it takes four hours for you to fix that spreadsheet and you get no credit for it because it's not your work. And then your spreadsheet or another piece of work that you're supposed to be doing when you when that goes to your boss, it's full of errors because you didn't have time to check it, then you shouldn't have done that favor for that person. You should have said no because your own work is suffering. And the organization needs everybody's work to be at a certain level. And if your work is falling below average, then the whole organization is suffering, even though the other person's spreadsheet is still wrong. That person has other resources that they can go to. They have other peers. They have their own boss. They could actually work it out for themselves. A lot of people will give you technical things to do, like spreadsheets or Word documents, not technical, technical, but things that they perceive as technical, like formulas and things. And they'll give it to you because it's easy, because you'll fix it, rather than actually learning how to fix it themselves. So if you find yourself a lot of the time fixing things for other people, you might want to do that little mental check of, Am I, is my own work suffering because I'm doing this work? If your performance is below the average for your team or you're getting poor annual reviews or you're getting negative feedback, if that's a result of favors of work you're doing for other people, then the balance is too far over and you need to pull back and concentrate on 
what's going on on your own desk. Danny sometimes shares this kind of line or this little quip that she has, which is, I haven't hit my numbers in five years, but everybody loves me. And, you know, that's one of these places where if your numbers, if your results are are not strong or, or you're struggling with them because you're doing other people's work, which is often the case when we're doing enough favors to cause poor results on our own end, then there's a problem there. And we shouldn't be sacrificing our own work for that of others. Yeah. And if you're continually helping others and the quality of your results goes down, you will get fired or laid off or let go or demoted or some other negative consequences. The organization doesn't survive if it keeps dead weight around. Even if that person is helping everybody else, if the job that you're employed to do isn't getting done, then the organization needs to find someone who will do that job. And a lot of people write to us and say, hey, you only talk to big organizations. But actually, in smaller organizations, this is worse. Uh, If there's only 10 people or 20 people and one person isn't pulling their weight, then that has a huge effect on the company. And so the company will get rid of that person faster. So if you're in that position, if you're in a small company and, and you don't feel like you're getting or you're getting messages that say, you're not hitting your your targets or you're not hitting your results or the work you're doing is shoddy, then you're in more danger than in a big company. It's actually easier to hide poor performance in a big company than it is in a small one. That's really true. Having worked at a larger organization and then having worked here at Manager Tools, if you're running very lean, which as labor becomes more highly specialized is often becoming more quickly the case, then you need people to concentrate on their own work. If it takes two people to do one job and the other job is suffering, then that's another imbalance, right? And mm-hmm. and, the, and the way we correct that imbalance is not a positive, which we often think of favors as positive. But if you've got this other imbalance where your work isn't getting done and someone else's work is, then we're going to correct that imbalance in a negative way. Yeah. So the answer to that is just to pull back and work on your own stuff. And I wish this were true, but it's not true that any of us are indispensable. Actually, if I was run over by a bus tomorrow, manager tools would carry on. Somebody would work out how to record the podcast. Somebody else would would work out how to write the podcast that I haven't yet written and all the other jobs that I do could be done by someone else. And the people that I help could work out a different way to solve their own problems. So one of the things I often find myself doing is working on other people's spreadsheets with formulas and things. And that's part of my job here. So that's okay. It's not so much a favor. But when there's a formula in a spreadsheet and I don't know the answer, I Google it. And Everybody else could do that too. It might take them a bit longer because it's harder for them to know what they're looking for or it's harder for them to translate what they read into what they're actually trying to achieve. But it could still be done. We could outsource it. We could get someone else who's good at spreadsheets to do it. There's all sorts of ways to do my job for me if I'm not here. And all of those things that you're doing for other people, that's what would happen if you weren't there. They would get those jobs done. And so if you say no, those jobs will still get done. 
people sometimes feel like if I'm not here, if I didn't say yes to all these things, well, Mary would be suffering because her spreadsheets won't be done and Bob wouldn't be able to find the right things in the library and uh, Annie wouldn't get access to something. And those things are true, but they would all solve their own problems. So if you are concentrating on your own work for a while just to get the quality up, then don't worry that the rest of the place is going to fall apart because sad to say it, it won't. We think about this when when we're in the office and yet I bet when we're on vacation, we're not worried about Mary's spreadsheets. That's exactly right. I just had two weeks vacation and when I came back, I had like four emails and I was like, oh, clearly I'm not needed around here. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Isn't it weird? One of the things you can say is, when someone asks you for a favor, I'm sorry, I can't today. I have to get this project finished. Can Bob help? Or have you looked on this website page? If you give somebody a resource, it can make it feel better for you and them that you're saying no if you have a problem with saying no. And we do have a cast on assertiveness, which has more things about how to say no and feel good about it. But that's a good way. So have you asked someone else that you, you know, you have to know that person's a good resource. But saying no and then offering a resource is a good way to say no without hurting everybody's feelings. So the last question is, are you doing the work that your boss wants you to? Yeah, all bosses all over the world, the base standard, right, should mm-hmm. be. And, and usually is do what, what I need you to do. Are you doing what I as your boss need you to do? This is true of bosses. This is what they need us to do is the work that they've assigned to us, the work that is part of our job, right? And this is close to what we were talking about before. Your boss has a list of things that they want you to do. And good bosses, right? They care about you and they assign you work that's valuable to the organization. And the things that they want you to do are reasonable and all those things. And interesting to you, right? That's another thing that good bosses do. Mm -hmm. And still, at the end of the day, They really want you to get the work done that they asked you to do because it's part of their responsibilities. It's part of what they have to report on and what they have to deliver. And so it's not just about your results. It's about adding to the effectiveness and the um, results of the organization. And if you do a whole bunch of other things, right, whether you're doing it because you're a really nice person or you just really want to help, it can put you in danger. Even if you're doing a great job, even if Mary's spreadsheets are perfect, it really doesn't matter if your work isn't getting done because your boss needs you to do your work, right? What they want you to do. And this applies to people who do the work they like to do as well. It's Mm -hmm. It's not kind of in this cast, but if there's things that you like to do, but they're not on your boss's list, you fall into this uh, this group too, and you're in danger. There's a list somewhere, and you're on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we need to be doing the work that our boss has asked us to do, the work that's important to our boss. And, you know, one of the things that could happen, it's a very extreme example, but one of the things that could happen is you could lose your job. You could be fired or demoted, or your role could fundamentally change um, because your boss would want someone else in that role doing work that she asked them to do. So it doesn't matter how useful or helpful you're being if there's a big pile of stuff on your desk that isn't being done. It's not a service to the organization. 
if you're not doing your work that goes with your role and your responsibility. And if you're being checked up on frequently, like your boss keeps saying, have you done this? Have you done this? Have you done this thing I asked you to do? Then that's a really good indication that you're not doing the things that your boss wants you to do or or you're not prioritizing them in the right order. That sometimes you'll have a list of things to do from your, from your boss and you decide that one thing is the most important and that there's a, this other thing that's completely trivial that you've put at the bottom of the list. And if your boss asks you twice about that thing that you think is trivial, move it to the top of the list because it's clearly not trivial in your boss's eyes. That's a good point. There's data there, right? Yeah, exactly. So if you find yourself in this situation where you're not getting done the work your boss wants done, you can use the same words that we suggested earlier. I'm sorry, I can't help you with this. I have to get X done. I have to get this spreadsheet done for my boss. I have to get my boss's trip folder done. I have to order something. I have this stuff I have to do for my boss and I have to get it done now. We try not to say, I can't help you now or I can't help you today because there's a little bit of an inference that, oh, I could help you later or I could help you on another day. And you don't want to give people something, a hook to start another conversation with you. So if you say, I can't help you today, then it's possible that that person will come back to you the next day and say, hey, I know you were busy yesterday, but can you help me today? And now you've got to say no all over again. So if you try and say, I'm sorry, I can't help you with that and not give it a time, then you'll reduce the number of times you have the same conversation. This is one of those places where being careful about what we say can save us a lot of time and energy And it's a little bit of, here's a prescription for what to say. It's like a little bit scripted so that you can feel comfortable knowing what to say and not, not having to think and worry. Because a lot of times what what we do is, like you said, we worry, what will they do without me? And the answer is they'll figure it out. Or we say things because we haven't thought about them in in advance. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, when I was talking just now, I said, "I I can't help you now, or I have to get this done now which kind of implies that later I might not be doing this thing and I therefore I might be helping you. Because I wasn't thinking and I was just talking, it comes out. So it's really helpful to have those phrases and have practiced them. It sounds so stupid to practice things like this. But if you're in this situation, you are probably coming up about against this conversation multiple times in a week. So it's worth practicing. And say the words out loud, even if you say them in your car with nobody else listening, because there's something about saying the words in your head that is different from saying them out loud. And if you practice them out loud, then they're much easier to say. I'm sure there's some brain science that tells you why, but somehow you have to have practiced out loud. It feels good too, I think, if you're in the favor deficit. It feels good to say in a polite, professional way, and for a reason. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I can't help, you know, and maybe there's another resource or here's why. And that way it makes you feel good because you know that there's that imbalance there, if there is an imbalance, and you have a reasonable rationale for your behavior. We're not asking you to turn down all favors. We're giving you the things that you should consider right? The two questions Mm -hmm. to consider. And then also 
a way to feel comfortable responding politely and professionally in a way that will help your results so that you can feel comfortable as a professional. And like we said at the beginning, relationships, the currency of relationships is favors. Favors are exchanged and that's how or part of the way that we build relationships. Even exchanges of information in some ways are favors. And helping people out feels good. When Mary comes to you and says, I can't do this spreadsheet, I don't know how to do it, and can you fix my formulas? Saying yes makes you feel competent, it makes you feel like you're needed, it makes you feel like you're smarter than Mary. There's all sorts of good feelings that can come, a little stroke of your ego. The problem is if you're letting your ego drive you, then you may not be doing quality work of your own or not doing what your boss wants you to do. And so if you are on the side of the, the imbalance where you give all the time and you don't take or you don't ever say no, then you need to pull that back a bit. If you're doing quality work and you're doing what your bosses want you to do and you get a performance rating of the best every year, then it's fine. But in our experience, those people who are always on the side of doing favours for everybody else and not concentrating on their own work, it's usual that those people's performance is suffering. So moderation in everything. I like it. Thanks, Kate. Thank you, Wendy. (laughs) Bye, everyone. That's it from me and Kate. We'll see you next week. If you enjoyed this podcast and you want the how-tos of management wherever you are, check out the free Manager Tools mobile app. It's available on both iOS and Android devices. Go to the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and download the Manager Tools app. Just search for Manager Tools in the respective store or go to the Manager Tools website, www.manager-tools.com, and you'll find the links on the bottom of the homepage. Once you've installed the Manager Tools app, you'll have access to all the Manager Tools and Career Tools shows anytime, anywhere you want. With easy searching of podcasts by category, using the map of the universe, or using built-in search functions, it couldn't be easier. Additionally, if you're Manager Tools personal licensee, you'll have easy access to all the show notes right from the app whenever you want. Go to the App Store and download the Manager Tools mobile app. You'll be happy you did. <laughs>